Welcome back to the SisterCast Breakout Sessions, Marketing for the Romance Author. I am Zoe York. And I am her sister, Amanda Young. <laughs> and this is the third episode in our breakout session. If you haven't listened to episodes one and two, go and listen to those first because this is a continuing workshop where we kind of build on the material that we discussed in the first two episodes. Previously discussed were the framework for successful genre fiction production and backlist assessment. So you are an author who has written some books or you are a writer who plans to publish some books. We have now done a critical analysis of those ideas, of those books that you already have, and now we're ready to we know what we need to do to fill those holes. We know what the creative chunks are. And now we're going to talk about the business side of it. What do we do with those books to try and get them in front of readers? So we're going to talk about marketing. Um, I When I did this workshop for the Toronto Romance Writers, um, the objective that I stated for this chunk of the workshop was to give participants some new tricks for their marketing toolbox. And that is a trick in and of itself. Because the truth is, there aren't any tricks or shortcuts. Um, that's how I just get people to come to a workshop. <laughs> marketing is all about having a solid product first and foremost. Then it's about spending time and or money to get that product in front of the right audience. My goal here is to get you to stop looking for a shortcut and get excited about the hard work ahead of you because very few people do that. So if you do that, if you set aside your endless pursuit for the easy way and get excited about going the hard route through all of the effort and getting it right, you will have an advantage over everybody else. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. So true. So true. So again, in the previous episode, we talked about, previous two episodes maybe, we talked about the, the short answer and the long answer and the short answer being too simplified and the long answer being nobody wants to hear. Everybody wants the, the easy solution, right? So... I'm going to give you the short answer and then I'm going to expand on it and explain why it's a lot more complicated than that. So the first trick, the first marketing trick, um, just like we did a catalog assessment, you also want to do an audience assessment. So the first marketing trick is find your audience. <laughs> Easier said than done. You do this by figuring out who your comparable authors are. This is not people that you like to read or people you admire. This is people who write almost exactly the same thing as you. Narrow in hard on what the similarities are. Contemporary romance is not sufficiently comparable. Contemporary romance right now on Amazon, there are close to a million contemporary romance titles. Right? Wow. Look at your face right now. Wow. Yeah. So if I say, I write contemporary romance, yeah, well, there are 999 other, 999,000 other titles which are very different from mine. And those readers may not want what I have, right? But if I say, I write small town 
uh, military romance, right? Small town romance with military heroes, older characters in their 30s. Um, um, they're sexy. They have open door uh, love scenes in them. Now we're getting somewhere. People who read other books like that, they're probably going to like my books. I hope. That's the goal. That's the audience I want to put my book in front of. Also, if I just say contemporary romance, like if you type in contemporary romance to Amazon, you might get books about 20-somethings. You might get books about an urban setting, billionaires, right? If I put my book, if I pay money to put my book in front of people who only exclusively read billionaire romance, what are the chances that that is going to be money well spent? Very, very low, right? So, Figure out who your comparable authors are. And it might even be comparable series, right? With Because some authors have varied brands, as we've discussed before. So narrow in really hard on what your comparables are. Then take those comparable books and troll Goodreads and Amazon reviews of those comparable books. Pay attention to the language that readers use to describe those books. Read the reviews, not your own reviews other people's reviews. Grab the words that pop out over and over and over again. Now you have some marketing language that you can use to appeal to those same readers. See where I'm going with this? So you, it's not just, I write like Jill Shalvis. That doesn't help you. But if you dig deep and do some marketing research on what Jill Shalvis's audience likes, what they rave about in her books, now you're getting somewhere. So find your audience, figure out what they like, what words do they use to describe the books that they love enough to go out of their way and put a review on a, on a website for. And now you have some marketing language that you can use. So that is, um, that is one, that is marketing trick number one. Find your audience and figure out the language that they are using to talk about the books that they love. And then you will be able to use those words if they actually apply to your book, if you actually have the right comparison to make a clear promise to readers that they will find what they want inside your book. Okay? But it has to be what they want. Everything is about what the consumer wants, right? Think about a television show that you've watched recently, right? Where, you know, there's been a bait and switch. You, you watch a trailer for a movie or a TV show and you're like, oh yeah, I want to watch this. And then you watch it and you're like, where is that scene that I saw in the trailer? The thing that hooked me, where is it? It's nowhere. That's marketing bait and switch. Don't do that because you're just going to disappoint people. And in the end, you're going to lose money because that marketing effort is not going to pay off. Okay, so um, once you have that language, right, then you're going to spend a little bit of money, and there's almost no way to avoid doing this. You're going to spend a little bit of money, and you're going to put, you're going to start copy, you're going to start um, beta testing that ad copy, very low spend on Facebook ads or BookBub ads or on social media. I mean, you don't need to spend, you can trade time for money, right? You can, you can build an audience on social media organically. It just takes a lot more time. So you can try and there, there are lots of other places where you can dig deep into how to spend a little bit of money on stuff like that, like other Facebook ads courses and that sort of thing. But this, you want to do all that research before you get to that point of spending a little bit of money on ads. So marketing trick number one, truly find your real audience 
And that's why it's so much more complicated than just run some Facebook ads targeting contemporary romance. No, no, you got to get way more specific than that. Okay. Um, marketing trick number two. Um, and this was one of the things that I mentioned in the catalog assessment, remove barriers to the first hit of your voice. Be a drug dealer, shamelessly. Write a series, make it hook hard from book to book to book, then set the first in series free. So why is this a new trick? Um, particularly because I just mentioned it in the last episode, because people have very high resistance to giving their stuff away for free. I, I wrote this book and it is worth X amount of dollars. It's worth charging $5.99 for. Well, I mean, it's only worth that if that's what people are willing to pay for it. Um, but if you think that your book is worth $5.99, I'm going to sell this book for $5.99. Okay. Um, but you could, it, it, let's say you sell one book every couple of days that way. But if you make it free, and then you have book two at $5.99. And when you make book one free, instead of selling both books a couple of times a week, now you're selling four or five copies a day on book two. The math adds up that you're now earning more on book one than you did when it was paid. I talked about this in the last episode. I'm probably going to talk about this again in the next episode because I think that it's a really important marketing trick, quote unquote, to understand. Did you discover that yourself or was that something no, that someone taught you? Someone taught me. And I really, I, it, you know, I've, I have made a lot of um, stumbles along the way. I don't want to call them mistakes because we learn from all of the ways that we stumble. And it's also, it's impossible to not stumble um, in any venture, right? We talked about this on a podcast episode. Always, yeah. Right? Mistakes are so crucial to life because that is where we learn. Um, but one of the, one of the things that I didn't, have to experience on my own because I saw it talked about so widely in author circles was write a series and once you have three books out make the first book in the series free that was a short 10 word answer that I heard I saw work over and over and over again for others and so I just made it a foundational part of my business from the very beginning it's one of the few bits of advice that I got and internalized before I published anything which is really my goal here particularly if a new person is listening to this I I would love it if people would learn this now so that you don't have to go back and revamp after 20 books you know Um, But it's not just make your first book free. Let's dig a little deeper there into different ways that you can use it. So free on retailers is one option. Um, You can also have a book that's for sale on the retailer sites, but you can offer it free to your newsletter subscribers. So a newsletter free hook to grab people into, remember we talked in the first episode about, you, you know, that framework of having a newsletter, a mailing list, your reader group, you can offer free in a bunch of different places there. You can also do um, an exclusive free for a private audience. You can offer that to large groups where where readers congregate in large groups to like a, a social media group or something like that. You can say, I have a book. I want to offer it exclusively to your group for like two, three months. Everybody can read it like a book club kind of thing. You know, love it. Consider using a freebie that way. Um, you can write a story free from the very beginning for your blog, for your newsletter, for a a private group, and you give them a chapter at a time. I'm doing that. I'm starting that June 1st. um, And it's something that I've done before because 
when you give people a story like that in chunks, they become invested in not just that story, not just those characters, but you, your brand, your voice. And it is time well, well spent, you know, grabbing people and, and fostering that fandom. And then finally, BookBub. And we talked about this at the end of the last episode. BookBub is um, BookBub is the largest newsletter book blast um, service. There are a whole bunch out there. Free Booksy is one that's good. Robin Reads is good. E-Reader News Today. And those are all kind of like inside baseball um, websites for authors. But BookBub is by far the biggest. They are funded or they were started by a, a pair of venture capitalists. They have continued to pull in more venture capital. BookBub has an audience that is just as big, I think, as Kobo. So they have an audience that is just as big as one of the major ebook retailers. They have millions of subscribers, like millions upon millions upon millions. I wouldn't be surprised if it was into the tens of millions. Their romance list is about 2 million. Their mystery list is about 2 million. Now, I don't know how many people cross over there, but I'm thinking not as many as, as you might think, because I know for myself as a BookBub subscriber, when you log in, it says, you know, what books do you like? And at first I picked like a whole bunch, but over time I've narrowed my preferences. So I only get five or six emails, five or six books in each email a day. Um, and so BookBub is something else that authors will want to explore because it is just as powerful as a retailer and they are driven by 99 cents and free books. So if you are not um, using that low barrier to entry option, you are missing on what is essentially a six marketplace, right? So the five market, five major ebook retailers are Amazon, iBooks, Kobo, Google Play, and Barnes and Noble, which is only in the States. But those are the five main retailers. I would add BookBub as the six major market for ebook movement. Although they point to those retailers, but who knows if book, like maybe BookBub will start selling books. It's a platform that I am quite invested in. So that's my tip there. Um, and then the the third marketing trick, and this, this will again cue back to episode two, have your packaging do the heavy lifting of pitching the book. That is the marketing trick number three, and remember in episode two, I talked about catalog assessment. You need to look at your packaging. You need to ask yourself, where does my packaging put my book in the virtual bookstore? Um, it's not just your cover though. It's your blurb, your title, your tagline too. All of those. What are they pitching? Right? I cannot stress enough that your blurb does not need to tell the story of your book. I don't actually care what your book is about as a reader. I don't care about what your book is about. I want to know subgenre. I want to know hook. I want to be seduced. I want to be curious, right? Um, make me curious. Ask a question that will force me to buy the book to get the answer. That is what your packaging should do, right? Your packaging should not sum everything up, right? Because that's just like, okay, well, that sounds like a nice story. And then I move on because I'm not compelled to start reading immediately. 
the art of the tease. Yeah. And when it comes to romance specifically, you need to up that conflict in a huge way to make me need to know how the heck this turns into a happy ever after ending. Because I know that a romance novel is going to, but how? Right. If how with a giant question mark is not what your blurb is making me think, then you need to rewrite your blurbs. Mm -hmm. The good thing about that is that that costs you nothing Mm -hmm. other than time. So spend some time doing there and and you will find that your marketing kind of shifts up. Um, And then we talked about the covers. Right. So, again, marketing heavy lifting is spending some time and money on getting your packaging just right. Any advice on that or is that well known uh, what people can do there because some people are at a loss of what to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean no, I don't <laughs> no, I don't have any advice there. Um really the advice is to find a tribe, right? Like you asked me how I knew to write series from the beginning. I found an author tribe on Romance Divas. I read blogs. I spent a lot of time looking at my own reader behavior and myself as a reader, my own behavior. Um And I still got it wrong. You know, my first few cover designs were pretty amateur and I accepted feedback. So find a tribe that will tell you the truth. Ask them, accept their feedback when they give it to you. Change, change, change. Like your first attempt at anything is probably not right. Um, If you love books by author A, like buy the book read the acknowledgments or the copyright page or both, you'll probably be able to figure out who does their covers, who their editor is, hire those same people. Do not hire those same people to copy, hire those same people to capture your voice and your brand in a similar way, right? Okay, Um, so those are some marketing tricks that are really not tricks at all, but you're gonna, they're going to give you a very long to-do list, right? That's the goal and so hopefully out of that to-do list will come a marketing plan suddenly you you start to see kind of what you want the next year to look like okay I want to get a book bub I want to write a series I want I need to revamp my 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 books once I revamp my books I want to get a I want to do one of those blog tour things so that I can announce the the cover you know, redesign and have a launch there. Um, I'm so excited now to have to get that new blurb that I've written out there. So I'm going to give away a bunch of advanced review copies or I'm going to approach a a reader group and say, you know, do you guys want to do an exclusive read along of this book? I'll give you all free copies for it. Stuff like that. All those individual ideas. Okay. So you might think as you write these down, oh, okay. So I'm getting my marketing plan. So here's the thing. A marketing plan can be as specific as that. What you're going to do to promote your new release, what your next couple of books are, how they're connected. But too often, that's all that a marketing plan is. And it ignores a lot of fractures in the catalog that prevent a maximization of sales across all titles. So when I say that I wanna help you craft a marketing plan, What I really want is I want to help you craft a publishing plan, a publishing plan that will effortlessly also be a marketing plan because the books sell themselves and a publishing plan that incorporates going back into your backlist 
like we discussed in the last episode, mining some really good stuff there that has languished, right? Polishing it up, you know, repackaging it, making it shine for today because, and you know, this is something I need, like we, we talked about in the last episode, how I admitted that I, like I was jealous of somebody else's marketing plan. Um, I also have, because I have 50 books, I just released my 50th book. I can't juggle 50 balls at once. I actually can't even juggle three balls at once. Um, But it's very hard to constantly be managing that big backlist and writing, because writing front list is my forte. I love word production and I can easily write 500,000 words a year. That doesn't leave a ton of time for marketing management. So like you, dear listener, I too have a backlist that is languishing. So when I talk to you about this, this is not me lecturing from on high. I'm telling you I'm in the trenches too. But we have this backlist that we can go back into. We can polish it up. We can make it shine. We can make it work for us. So if you, and, and you know, and I, I talked about the t- when is the time to do that? You know, if you get sick, if you're stressed, if you want to go on vacation, but you can also plan that into your calendar. You can say, I'm going to take two months off over Christmas. I'm going to travel because I hate the snow. I want to be a snowbird. And so you can travel for two months in the winter, knowing that you're going to have some backlist events in those months instead of new releases, right? You can do that if you plan ahead to do this backlist polishing kind of thing. Okay, so um, so we want to have a publishing plan, not just a marketing plan. You wanna have a publishing plan that has marketing in the fore so that it effortlessly becomes a marketing plan. Because real marketing starts in the inception of an idea. So if you think, how is this next book that I'm going to write, how does it fit into everything that Zoe's talked about so far? How does it fit into a robust catalog? Will it be, like four years down the road, will it be a book that looks like all the others? Will it be part of a series or the start of a series or a low barrier to entry? Aha, all of a sudden, what you are going to create next changes. How much time are we at? Where are we at? Uh, 22. 22. Okay, so you know what? We're going to pause episode three here because the last part of what I want to talk about next is part sales pitch for a series because they work. If you have gotten this far in the podcast and you're still shaking your head like, no, so yeah, right, standalones. Okay, (laughs) I'm really impressed that you're still listening. Um, Part coaching because I love that you're still listening and I know that writing a series doesn't come naturally to everyone. So I want to help you with that. And part boot camp to help you make your series tighter, stronger, and closer to your ideal product. So we're going to pause here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and the uh, sister cast breakout sessions on romancing for the, (laughs) or marketing for the romance author will return.